Hi, it's M. Um, tonight, I want to start off by correcting myself. Um, I said something in last night's paragraph in the first portion, um, and my wonderful listener who responds often, um, and I'm glad that he does, uh, told me to be careful throwing stones. And he's right. Um, thing is, this is unscripted. I don't think about what I'm going to say ahead of time. I just pour out my heart and my soul. Um, and sometimes anger and frustration ignite my words. Um, but because I want to be authentic, I don't want to go back and edit or re um, because then I lose the moment of authenticity. Um, and I didn't catch this when I said it, but my listener did. Um, in a very sweet way, in his way. Um, he pointed out uh, the error in my words, uh, in my belief. So what did I say? Um, if you listened, you heard uh, where I... Um, I gave some history of my marriage and my decision to divorce. Um, and I mentioned that people who condone certain things um, are evil. And my listener is right when he says that's throwing stones. That is throwing stones. Um, and so, I'm here tonight to correct myself. There are some people in this world who are evil. Um, but more often than not, there are people who are trapped in their belief. There are people who are trapped in their fear, trapped in their experience. There are people who uh, are just reacting through a lack of knowledge and understanding. But these things do not make them evil. Um, just makes us human, because we all operate like that in different areas of our life. Um, and so I'm, I'm recording here tonight, um, letting you know that if you listened and that comment hurt you, I want to tell you that I'm sorry, and that while there are evil people in this world, there are very few. The rest, we're all just human, and the only difference between someone who is evil and just merely flawed and human, I think and maybe I'm talking out of turn, but I think it's just a matter of allowing your heart to grow cold, maybe? Um, allowing, I, yeah, I hesitate to say now because I really, I don't know what it is. And maybe there are no evil people. 
maybe it's just a matter of hurt and pain that have never been dealt with properly and have been allowed to fester and overtake another. I don't know, tonight I can't say, which is interesting. (laughs) I like it when I get to a place where I can't describe or have words, where I once held a belief and now I'm sitting on a fence wondering if I was correct. I like those places. On this topic, that's where I am tonight. And so, Mike, yes, I'm using your real name. Thank you for guarding my words and for helping to guard my heart. You're making me smile. Thank you. Now, on to tonight's podcast episode. I've been thinking today um, about how we get where we are, why we are where we are in our lives, how we move from one level or one understanding to another. That's the best way I can describe it. And an allegory popped into my mind. Now, I love allegory. I do not like to read fiction. I love reading informational books. Um, I do not, however, enjoy fiction. Um, Strangely, I can watch a movie and it won't affect me. I won't have dreams. I won't be scared. It won't stay with me after the movie is over. Um, But if I read a book, I will have nightmares about things in that book. I will have vivid dreams. It'll haunt me for days. Um, And the same is true with a, a play. And so I don't read fiction for that reason. But I do love informational text because I love to learn and I love to research and understand. The only exception is allegory. I, I love allegories. I have since I was a kid. Um, one of my favorite books um, since I was a child, a young person, um, is Pilgrim's Progress, which is one of the classic allegories in the Christian faith. Um, Another one I remember reading uh, in school as a young person was Gulliver's Travels. That was a favorite. Um, And yet another, uh, another Christian one, Um, Hind's Feet on High Places. These allegories are to me, one of the most interesting ways to get a message across. And so I've liked them since, since I started experiencing them, which was as a young person. 
one that I didn't experience as a young person, but instead discovered about, boy, I think it's been about six or seven years now since I read this allegory for the first time um, and loved it immediately. Um, and that is The Cave by Plato. Or Plato, however you want to say it, not Plato. <laughs> um, the Cave. I want to give you a quick synopsis of The Cave in case you've never read it. <coughs> and yes, my son is still sick and he's laying next to me, so you will hear him coughing and moving around and possibly talking in his sleep. Um, we'll just love on him and move on. The cave. Quick synopsis. The cliff notes, if you will. Three prisoners are chained in a dark cave since birth. In front of them is a wall. Behind them is a fire. And they are chained so that they cannot turn around. So all they can see is the wall in front of them. And every so often, someone would come through the cave and walk between the fire and the prisoners. So the prisoner could not see the person walking. They could only see the shadow that was cast on the wall by the light from the fire. And this is how these three prisoners grow up um, until they're old, adult. Um, and so all their lives, they have only seen life through shadows cast by a dimly lit flickering fire. But this is their reality. Shadows. And they create names for these shadows that they see to identify them. This is the world they know and understand. No one ever talks to the prisoners. No one greets them, touches them, addresses them, interacts with them in any way other than their shadow on the wall as they pass by. One day one of the prisoners gets free and he leaves the cave and he walks out into the sunlight. But because he has grown up in the cave, his eyes are adjusted to the dim light of the cave and the sun blinds him and it's painful and disorienting. But he continues to venture out, and as, he, as his eyes adjust, he starts to see shadows on the ground cast by the sun. And so he starts to recognize his reality. But the objects that are the subject of the shadows, if you will, the objects that are the shadows um, are related to, this man does not recognize as real. He doesn't understand what those shapes are because he's never seen them. So while he may see a shadow of a tree on the ground, that is the real thing. 
not the tree that's actually standing there that is casting the shadow. Um, and so he tries to navigate through this world in pain from the blinding light hurting his eyes and his head and being disoriented and not understanding these shapes that are around him and yet he's surrounded by what he knows is familiar his reality the shadows um, and eventually he starts to be able to discern between the shadows and the objects that cast the shadows until he finally understands that the objects are real and the shadows are just the places where these objects, these real objects have blocked out the light so that the shadow can be seen. Excited, he runs back to the cave and he tries to tell the other two prisoners that what they've known all their life is not reality. It's just a shadow of the things that are real that they never saw. And he excitedly explains to them what he has seen and what he has experienced and what he knows to be true now. <laughs> and these two prisoners think he has gone mad. And they're so threatened by his, his new knowledge and his excitement and his experience that they begin to kick at him and spit at him and attempt to attack him as best they can even though they are chained. They are violent toward him in word and deed and hateful because he's threatening their reality. They think he's gone crazy. But the man knows he isn't crazy because he's seen and experienced the truth and he's trying as desperately as he can to explain the truth to the two prisoners that are still chained up. And so this is the allegory that Plato writes for us. And Plato meant it as um, an allegory on education versus ignorance. Um, and how you don't understand something until you experience it. And once you're educated on something, once you've experienced it and know that it know it to be real and true and you understand and the eyes of your mind and your heart and your soul are enlightened to it. Well you want to go share it with someone else. But often what you're trying to share is truth is met with violence and hatred because it threatens a way of life it threatens a normalcy for someone else and that causes fear I love this allegory that's part of the human condition when someone threatens what we know and understand to be real we assume they've gone mad or we assume they're misinformed, or they have ill motives. They're lying, they're trying to manipulate, they're threatening our reality, our world, and that causes fear. Fear causes us to act out violently or hatefully toward another. 
But if we would just, one, if we would just listen. We would grow. We would open our lives and our minds and our hearts up to blessings, up to knowledge, up to growth. But fear shuts us down. The other thing that I get from this allegory is that how we present information is important. We have to understand where another person is. Those two prisoners had never seen the light. They couldn't even understand what this man had experienced. They couldn't begin to fathom it. There was nothing in their world and reality that came close to what he now knew and understood. And so he presented the information too fast, too forcefully. And in too great a quantity. It would have been better to somehow explain to the prisoners through means that they could already understand. Uh, the third thing I learn is that the man that came back didn't attempt to free the prisoners. He left them shackled in the dark in their twisted reality while he tried to explain to them truth and so I wonder why he didn't unshackle them why he didn't bring part of the fire around to the front of them and build it there so they could see what light was and see and understand the shadow why he did not introduce them to the light piece by piece little by little so that they could adjust but even if he had unshackled them they may not have ever left the cave in the first place it takes courage to venture outside what you know and understand and have always known. It takes curiosity and bravery it takes a desire to experience more to ask questions about life and then to step out to the light where it's painful disorienting and you're seeing things that you don't trust and you don't understand it takes a lot of strength to continue moving forward until you can adjust to this reality that is different from what you thought was real it takes time it takes experience it takes trial and error and test. It takes a mind and a heart that will ask questions. The freed prisoner 
I believe, could have made a different impact if he had just been willing to bring the information back and give it in a way that it could be received through understanding the situation of the prisoners that were still shackled. Seeing their situation and understanding where they were and then presenting information in a way that was relative to their reality. Introducing newness little by little so they could adjust like he was given time to adjust. And the other thing is that the prisoners that weren't freed, they grew up with this man. They knew him. He was part of their reality. They knew who he was. They knew that he had experienced the same things as them. They lived together day after day after day for years. They shouldn't have been so quick to dismiss him as mad or crazy. They shouldn't have been so quick to dismiss the information as mere ramblings. But the human condition is when we feel threatened and afraid, we stop listening. We stop loving. We instead start protecting self. And when we can rally others around us who will do that as well, then it becomes even harder to break through those walls. And the result is that you stay trapped in the cave and you never experience the truth. And you miss out. You can choose a life that's shackled in the dark where you only see shadows. Or you can choose a life that frees you and brings you into the light. And sure, it's scary. But it's truth and it's what's real and it's... It's freedom. It's... It's true connection, true experience, not just merely shadows. It's a great allegory, in my opinion, for how we can interact with each other and how we can understand the situation and experiences of another and try our best to give information in a way that it can be heard and received. Because if we're just giving information to be heard because we want to give it out, we're just, we're just making a lot of noise. We're just puffing ourselves up so that we can be important. But if we can instead understand where another is, where another person is, understand how they, how they grow, how they communicate, how they receive information best, how they relate to this world around them, what their experiences are, if we can do that, 
and then present the information in a way that's relative to them, in a way that they can receive and hear, then we can possibly change a life. We can possibly unshackle and walk them into the light and stay with them through the fear and the disorientation and tell them it's okay. I've been here. I know it's scary, but I've been here. Trust me, I'm with you. This is better. This is real. This is truth. This is reality. That is life. We close the doors of our hearts and our minds to people because we feel threatened. And the truth is, they are no threat to us. They never wanted to be. They're just excited about life. They're just excited about what they've experienced, what they know to be true. And they want to share it so that you can know the truth of it too. But when we allow fear to rule our hearts and minds, we lock the shackles even tighter around our hearts. We gouge out our own eyes so that we can remain blind. I don't want to live that life. I want to walk out into the light. Yeah, it hurts at first. It's painful. It's hard to leave what you're used to in order to experience something new and different. It's hard to walk away from a lie so that you can experience the truth. Because in a world where all you've known is the lie, the truth becomes false and you can't trust it. But that's no life, a life ruled by fear. There's no freedom there, there's no love. Only shadows of things that could be. So I don't know. That's just a little, a little nugget for you of information about M. Keeping it kind of light tonight, I guess, maybe. I don't know, it felt light to me, maybe it feels heavy to another. I, I can't say, I'm not you. Anyway, that's enough for tonight. This is M, rambling on once again. It's been a great day, filled with more happy endings. One very beautiful, happy ending. Um, 
sometimes people tell us things. Through songs that they can't yet speak, but they want us to know. I was given such a gift like that today. And that is probably my best happy ending of today. And I'm smiling because of it. Anyway, this is M signing off for now. Good night.